I am vengeance. I am the night. I am also a podcast. I am a podcast. 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 Oh! It's a show. It's a show. Audio only, though. What is it about? If you have time, I can tell you that it is a podcast about that many Batman podcasts. Uh, what did you want me to say in this part? It's a show! Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I am a podcast. Whoa! Hey! with fans and people, people who Happy all-encompassing holidays, everybody! Welcome to Batman the Animated Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Michael, and you're listening to an audio variety show for your ears based on the legendary 1990s cartoon, Batman the Animated Series. Today's sponsor, Self-Gagging Candy Canes. If you need to shut somebody up for the holidays, why not shove a candy cane in their mouth that for some reason they can't remove on their own? So guys, this is the final episode of 2016 and tis the season to cover a holiday episode, right? Yep, we're talking Christmas with the Joker. In just a few moments, I'll be chatting with Batman fan and Vice President of Creative Services at DC Collectibles himself to chat about the new and old action figures and toys based on the animated series, as well as his love of this episode in particular. So hop aboard the old podcast sleigh and let's get on to... Ho, 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 did somebody say sleigh? Whoa, look who it is! It's Kevin Conroybot, my robot assistant who looks eerily identical but sounds nothing like Batman voice actor Kevin Conroy. Kevin Con. Who? I am the real Santa Claus. See, I am wearing a Santa hat and everything. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry about that, KCB. It's okay, Justin. As the real Santa Claus, I will just make sure to put you on the naughty list this year. Well, I'm technically Jewish, so I don't think I get filtered into any particular list, so... Sure you do. Come sit on my lap and tell me what you want for Christmas, little boy. Uh, Do you mind if we do this another time? I was just about to get to the interview, so... Sit on my lap, Justin. Santa demands it. Okay, yeah, no, sure. Uh, But only because I'm a little terrified of your robot strength, and I'd like to do this willingly. (sighs) Okay, I'm on your lap now. Uh, Now what? Ho, ho, ho. Tell me what you want for Christmas, my little son. Uh, not your son, but, uh, honestly, just like a single day where it feels like the world isn't going to fall apart at the seams. Yeah, I'm pretty scared of our new president and... Ho, ho, no politics, Justin. But you asked. Nobody wants their cartoon Batman podcast infiltrated by the real world. What toys do you want? Okay, well... I mean, honestly, I'm I'm legitimately a big fan of those DC Collectibles Batman animated figures, and, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, no! Please do not shoehorn a commercial for other people's products into this. You know, I really have no idea what you want from me, KCB. Call me Santa Daddy. No. Okay, well, I tried. That was fun. Did I fool you? It was me, Kevin Conroy bot all along. Yeah, I, I kind of gathered... Just wrap it up, man. Merry Christmas, and have a decent Hanukkah from me, Kevin Conroybot. Well, that's nice. Except for the decent Hanukkah thing feels a little pejorative. And finally, a medley of my favorite holiday tunes. Oh, no. Jingle bells, jingle bells, Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah. Jingle bells, silent night, oh, Hanukkah, hooray. Okay, that must be the end of it. That ink the Okay, uh, you know what? Let's just get out of this room and talk about today's episode Christmas with the Joker. The Joker takes over Gotham's airwaves and terrorizes the city during Christmas. He challenges Batman to find him before midnight, otherwise, he'll kill Commissioner Gordon, Detective Bullock, and Summer Gleason, who he's holding hostage in a mystery location. Original air date, November 13th, 1992, written by Eddie Gorodetsky, directed by Kent Butterworth, 
Supervising composer Shirley Walker, music composed by Michael McQuistian and Lolita Ritmanis, with animation services by Ackham Production Company. Featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman, Robert Costanzo as Harvey Bullock, Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon, Clive Revel in one of his few appearances before it switched to Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred Pennyworth, Mark Hamill as the Joker, and Marie Devon as Summer Gleason and Lauren Lester as Robin. Today's guest. And fan, Kevin Canary. Kevin is the vice president of DC Collectibles, which means he makes all the toy magic happen. He's a great guy who really cares about this series independently of working at DC, and it was a real pleasure to talk with him and chat about the action figure process, as well as Christmas with the Joker. So guys, please enjoy. I'm sitting down with Kevin Canary here at DC Comics. The coolest place in the world. Oh, God. If you guys could just see it. We're just like rolling around on comic books right now. I mean, truly, there is a <laughs> there are two walls full of like all the latest graphic novels and, and classics. So we're just going to do some reading for the next hour. Yeah, so just quietly kick back. Uh, we're going to sit quiet. You, you'll hear a page turn every now and then. I'm like, a, huh. Oh, oh wow. Interesting. Mm. Ooh, so the Suicide Squad. Did that. Mm, yes. <laughs> We're not going to say what. No, but they did it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, pick your favorite comic, uh, listen to Mostly Silence, but for real, we're here to talk about Christmas with the Joker, as well as you work you work where the magic happens. Tis the season. Yeah, it really magic. tis. Yes, it tis. <laughs> tis the season for Magic the Gathering, and we're going to talk about <laughs> Magic the Gathering exclusively. All right. How much mana? Oh, uh, five... <laughs> Mana Christmas. Uh, Mana Christmas. <laughs> Moana Christmas. Oh, see, we got everything in there. Yeah, this is, guys, you're never going to hear real things from a person <laughs> who could tell you real things. Uh, so, for the listeners at home, what sure. is it you do here at DC? I will tell you the real thing. I am the vice president of DC Collectibles, mm-hmm. which is the in house toy and collectible group here at DC Entertainment. So what does that mean? That means we are like a group, a very small group of people who manufacture statues, action figures, vehicle play sets, plush toys, metal, all this other cool stuff that you hopefully want in your home this holiday season. I'll tell you, the people listening are exactly the audience who want that in their home this holiday season and beyond. <laughs> Good. Uh, it's it's just to describe it for people who aren't here. Uh, you guys have it decorated up the wazoo too. There are like there's yes, like a mini. Do. I think it's left over from Halloween maybe, but like. A, a bat cave with like a there's a dinosaur and a penny yeah, and a we crime never, lab. We never just wait for one day to decorate. It's definitely a whole season of decorating, and and we've been going for, since Halloween. And we redid the entire bat cave in cardboard. You can do a lot with cardboard. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's truly. Manufacturing bit. Yes. I mean, if if I there is some sort of like uh, apocalypse or like parademon or something that Jim Fletcher yes. built at some point. Oh, he he always builds the like. The key item that we base everything else around for each year, and it was the Parademon one year, but this year it was the the giant dinosaur from the Batcave. It's perfect. Yes, which was it was perfect. It all, mm-hmm. and you can't see any of it right now. No, but it's all cardboard wonderfulness. Ah, oh, it's great. So you, I mean, we've we've worked together on this Batman animated commercial. Oh yes. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit just about. Kind of the process of like taking an action figure or like the idea, let's say using the animated series line yeah, feels sure. appropriate mm-hmm. uh, from like concept to it getting on shelves. Like, what does that entail? What's what's fun about it? What's difficult? Like, any interesting behind the scenes stuff along always. the way? It's always interesting because it's a journey. I, I have to tell you, it's it's no small journey. It takes about fourteen months to get something really done from the idea to out on the shelf, and that's if everything goes perfectly. Uh, which isn't always the case. Uh, in in the case of the Batman the Animated Series toys that we've been doing for the last year or so, it's been such a labor of love because 
we really wanted to find a way to bring like the new aesthetics that a lot of action figures and collectibles have now to this real classic now going on next year 25 years since these shows started um, and really bringing them to life in a new way for like the adult collector who wants to pose them maybe a little bit more or they're you know going to be doing big diorama sets and we wanted to give them the Batmobile and the Batplane and all these other fun things to kind of work with so it starts with us watching the show I know that sounds crazy. What a horrible thing to have to do. What a horrible thing we had to do. Did you watch the show when it was on originally? I did watch the show when it was on because it was kind of like the thing. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it redefined animation. I mean, and I love my super friends, like the super friends I grew up with and they were awesome. But Batman the Animated Series was all of a sudden this, almost a little bit like how the Harry Potter books kind of age you up. This, I felt like I went from super friends to Batman Mm -hmm. the Animated to... Than the more adult like things from like Simpsons and, and going forward, and it was definitely a defining moment of my geek childhood. Uh, do you remember any of the first episodes or like the most impactful ones? The one I'm obsessed with, and and we, we're not talking about it, you know, today because we're talking about Christmas with the Joker a bit. But I'm obsessed with was it Perchance to Dream or whatever the one is where. And the reason why I'm obsessed with this is because in it, Scarecrow has done something to Bruce Wayne and Batman, so he thinks he's... Or the Mad Hatter? Or is the Mad Hatter, maybe. Yeah, but it's maybe the it one is. where like he thinks he Batman... He thinks his parents are alive. Right, Batman yeah, is Batman a separate entity. Else, yeah. All that kind of stuff. But the big thing that I'm obsessed with is he realizes he's in a dream when he opens up all the books in his library and he can't read the words. That stuck with me. Like I thought that was a real thing for years, honestly, until I did this interview with the writer, I was like, you know, it was like Alan Burnett was talking about it, and he was like, yeah, we just kind of made it up and hope people went along with it. I went along with it, and to this day, if I'm having a dream, and it's like a lucid dream, I'm always trying to read stuff in the dream, constantly, because of that episode. So you can lucid dream? Sometimes. That's very cool. Sometimes. Well, if I sleep for hours and hours and hours, like near the end of it, I could totally do that. You gotta, you gotta relive that episode within your lucid dream God, state. I would totally do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm if you can like lucid him. dream, yeah, just like be a superhero. <laughs> no, no, I want to be rich. Oh, okay. I want to be rich like the Waynes were. I mean, that is basically Bruce Wayne's superpower. Yeah. He's a rich man. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so that episode's fantastic. I love it. Love it. So let's use, I've deviated, but uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get a little background on your love for the show. It's organic, it's real, the person making these figures is also somebody who loves the show. Yeah, we have a whole team of people here who have been working on the Batman animated uh, figures from us. And like we said, you know, going to explore this cartoon again after so many years of maybe being away from it was amazing how well it held up. And we wanted to make figures that were very episode-specific. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like if you watch these again, you're getting the toys, the figures, the play sets, whatever it is from these episodes. And um, in the case of Christmas with the Joker, uh, one of the guys, Sean Knapp, our senior art director, was like, I'm going to sit down and watch this, and I know a holiday-themed figure would be, like, perfect for our line. And this was, like, a year, year and a half ago or so. And... Um, we love our holiday figures. They're just fun to do. So when he was like, no, there's that crazy episode. And, and again, we hadn't seen this in years. And so he's reminding us about the fact that Joker's in this like father's knows best kind of outfit. Yeah. And it's this TV show and he's threatening all these people, you know, dressing them up uh, or tying them up in wrapping paper. And we're like, it's kind of perfect, uh, especially for what we're doing. So, yeah, Harvey Bullock dressed as a baby. A big baby. What baby lawful? Is it the lawful family yeah, or something? Yeah, it's the lawful like family. Yes, and so it's Commissioner Gordon Summer and, and Harvey. And we just were so tickled by that idea. And it was just a fun way to get the Joker out there in yet another way. And we just thought it was perfect. And his little Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. The fact thing. that... So I have the figure. It is adorning my record room, which is the little <laughs> living room that we play records in. And uh, there are seasonal displays. And perfect. Christmas with the Joker, or Holiday Joker, mm-hmm. is out there. Uh, but the fact that like all the ornaments are separate. like The, yes. the attention to detail handy... He has a replaceable hand oh, yeah. with the hand puppet yep. that he uses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is the coolest thing for like a diehard fan of the series. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that you got to relive the episode as best as possible. And so as many accessories as we could. We even had tossed around the idea of putting the giant Joker box that like Batman opens at one oh, point where man. the big Joker head pops out, but we just thought that might be a little too expensive for, for the full mix. But we wanted to get the tree in there, you know, the little hand puppet and some of the ornaments, all that kind of fun stuff in there. Which oh, was it was a long time 
action figure collector. I, I felt like when I got the figure, I was excited, but I was like, okay. So they were able to like cut costs and make a new Joker figure. But when you open it, he's got different shoes. He's got a different like the outfit. It, it's the head. The That's head about is all new. that survived for the. You know, no, yeah, no, the right. head is the new too. New. You're right. No, it's a new figure. You guys made a new figure. Uh, it's a new which, figure. We're not doing really good at that reusing of parts, are we? We got to try harder with that. I mean, you get to pack in like different, you know, Batman and Robin with a Batmobile, sure, uh, that yep. kind of stuff, yep, yep. which is cool for people who like, you know, missed out the first time and they're like, I it's, only want this car. Yeah, oh, cool! It comes with Batman. Definitely and Robin. a gift pack. There is what we were trying to do is make sure you have your starter pack. You got your Batman, your Robin, and the Batmobile. So yeah. I feel like there's just attention to detail there. Like even in the fact that he's wearing loafers, mm-hmm. oh <laughs> is yeah, just a, a you know that that's why the, this line is so great. Um, so what what happens? So like somebody comes up with the idea for like, do you guys pitch to each other? Do yeah, there's a lot of, of talking about what we want to do in the year between ourselves. And in one case, we even went through listed every. I would say tier three and above character in the show. So you rank them by like popularity. Yep. And we're like, who appeared in how many episodes? Like, you know, how many times they actually appeared in the episode. We went through that at the very beginning just to kind of get a look at what we have. Mm-hmm. And we're also looking at characters that maybe never got made before. We're we're super proud of the fact that there's a Roxy Rocket out yeah. there now in the world and a Harvey Bullock out there in the world that weren't there before. So, and especially we were talking to Paul Dini, who's one of the creators of the shows, and he said that to us at one point. He's like, a Roxy Rocket would be amazing when we were first starting this. And so it was definitely on our list of things we wanted to try and get in there. Uh, that's that's sometimes why the decision gets made. Other mm-hmm. times it's um, it just fits in with um, whether it's the holiday um, time period or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of um, mix of characters we have kind of going on. And then we... Um, look at what we think we can make, you know, what's going to be a good experience, you know, Mm -hmm. do the factories know how to do that well? Do we have the right kind of fun accessories? Are they, are they a good toy? Ultimately, do they have a good representation of the character? And then hopefully, you know, we, we can work with our sculptors. We have some amazing sculptors. Irene Matar has done a whole bunch of these as it is. Seen her name attached to a lot of them. Which is cool that like people are credited publicly for this sort of thing. That's rare. Oh yeah. Back in the day, you didn't know who made what. No. And now, you know, with press releases and stuff, the artists who are behind making these, because they are pieces of art. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) uh, Get credit. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, we've worked with a couple different sculptors in this line, but Irene and then Gentle Giant Studios actually um, have helped us with so many of these pieces already. Uh, Jay Kushwara has done a lot of great stuff too, especially with the vehicles, you know, the bat wing and the bat... Um, They're enormous. Know, enormous. They're enormous and crazy. And it's kind of us setting this idea when we first talk about it, like, is this possible? And then we have had really great help with Warner Brothers Animation where they've given us the original model sheets. And so they find in their archives the original model sheets. They give them back to us. We know you know, what we kind of have to hit. The sculptors are really great about doing that. We check size and all that other fun stuff. And then once we kind of have a great one-off piece that we think really fits it, it goes over to the factory where they have to try and mass produce it. And that's where there's some real challenges because... You know, we're these the style of these figures is just like cuckoo banana sometimes. It's so clean, so sharp at times. And ankles. Oh <laughs> ankles. Especially the, the female characters. It's but crazy. Like they they couldn't stand. Mm-mm. They would uh, they would break you immediately. Know, they're very strong, obviously. Uh, but they that is a challenge when you're actually physically manufacturing something that is a little easier to animate when you go through the episodes. And um, we've had to do characters with really thin ankles, like the new Batman Adventures Poison Ivy, yeah. uh, Batgirl, you know, Harley Quinn. There's been a few of them that have really tiny legs. And they're all very durable. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. feel like they're, in the beginning, there was like a wave where the plastic wasn't good. And then you guys immediately, I mean, I've never seen, <laughs> I've never seen a more personal response to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we learned our lesson on that first wave because we thought, okay, we you know, have the shape. We know what these guys do. But there are different grades of plastic you can use, and some of it has to, has to be used because of the articulation. If you want, you know, like you know, a limb to bend, a part of it has to be made with a certain kind of plastic. But these, some of these joints are so small that we actually had to play with it. And there's a little bit of fudging we have to do with like thickening up some of the joints just the littlest bit. Hopefully not noticeable. Yeah. You know, but we have to do it a little bit now because we want to make sure that they hold together better. Well, yeah. I mean, since that first wave and you've also redone and sent out, you know, other, you know, workable, workable versions of that yep, first yep. wave since then, mm-hmm. like everything's been great. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, we're having a lot better success with it now that we've really looked at how far we can push some of the plastic. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, just going back to the process, I'm curious, like, looking at different episodes, because the animation isn't consistent all the time, right? No. Because they're sending it off to another country to be animated back in when they were making it. So I'm sure that... what? How do you... Do you work off of the model sheets and turnarounds mostly, or are there kind of multiple images you comb through to like kind of get the most iconic look? It's a little bit of both. You know, we start with the model sheet because we look at the model sheet as being one of those things that was what, you know, they were starting with. That was the source material. So when they were giving that out to all of their different animators, in theory, they were all starting from that same place. We know that it doesn't always tra- transfer over. And episode to episode, somebody's familiar with the character. They start drawing it themselves. Um, so we like to try and mix it with some of the experience people have from watching the episodes so that it still feels like what they saw while going back to the model sheet that gives us the proportions we need or maybe some costume detail that isn't drawn every time. Mm -hmm. And so if we have to have a deal breaker of like where to go, we usually lean on the model sheet for where we kind of end up. Cool. Yeah, it's tricky sometimes, especially color. I'll tell you, color's crazy because depending on your TV set, it appeared different ways. Right. You know, you didn't always get the same kind of color as a fan watching it. And the um, scene that the character appeared in, like whatever yeah. the shadowing was, or mm-hmm. if it was day or night, or the interior was shaded by blue because it was in the back cave. Exactly. And that's the cool thing with the model sheets. They'll have day sheets and, mo- and night sheets, mm. so you can kind of get a sense of how they change, but it's still not a you know exact science. And then there was the long-running comic series that DC also did for Batman the Animated Series, and that's colored you know obviously differently than you would see it in the show. And so there's a lot of ways you saw these characters, even the original toys from Hasbro, like what color they used might not have been what it was in the show, but it's what people remember because they see that toy a lot. I do think, though, that you guys have distilled it down to the perfect version of the toy that you wanted when the show was out. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we're hoping to do. That's I mean, the goal. It's the dream line for me. Good, good. Uh, but I think for a lot of people, too, especially because we're getting characters that you've never gotten before. Do you have a favorite figure? So far, like that we've produced, my favorite figure, we were just talking about this, actually, because we're looking at all the figures we've done, and... There's something about Clayface that just tickles us. Um, partially, it's that alternate face mm-hmm. of him with the open, like, kind of screaming that mouth. screaming mouth. It's something about it is just joyous to me, and I just love it. Um, so I would say if I had to pick one, he's the one that makes me smile the most. Well, he but, comes with you know. so many episode-specific uh, oh, you know, attachments yeah. for his hands, and yeah. right now my Clayface has that big hook hand, and... One of his normal claws, and he has the screaming mouth, and it looks like he's doing opera on my desk. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he's always performing. Yeah, that one is that. That's such a good figure. And it's tricky when you have a big, you know, blob of clay. You know that he looks somewhat decent, and to have that much personality in him, I think um, the sculptors and, and our director were they were really successful. With oh that yeah, one. they're incredible. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit of your background with, uh, you know, just w- what did you grow up on? Uh, what did I grow up on? That's... I mean, no, we've talked about Green Lantern a lot. Yes. You okay. Were... So, well, and that was my super friends kind of, you know, connection. Um, and I think it's because Green Lantern wasn't a recurring character. He was only in certain seasons, you know, later. He wasn't like one of the regular mm-hmm. members of the super friends that he seemed special and a little different. And he always had this crazy tan. I don't know why, but he was much tanner than everybody else. So he's he looked flying like, near the sun a yeah, bit. He's like, oh, I'm over here at Coast City, like soaking up some rays, and I'll come by, help you guys out. So he seemed so special, and I decided as a kid that green was my favorite color. So he seemed to like represent like you know everything that was cool. So I was obsessed with Green Lantern, and that was he was really my foray into DC um, as like my gateway character in, um, but. I've just always been a fan of like the animation, especially as a kid. Super Friends into Batman animated into the you know Justice League cartoon and Superman animated. All of those things. It was just like a progression that just started in the '70s and just moved on. I think you have in your office one of my favorite Green Lantern pieces, which is kind of an imagined animated series in that Bruce Timm yes. style of. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're characters that have appeared maybe in Justice League, but it, it looked like you know. The poster for Green Lantern, the animated series, were it in the style of 
you know, these other series in 2D versus yeah, the 3D version. Yeah, it's a super cool piece that Clampett Studios put out when they were kind of reproducing some cells, but they also did some new stuff. And it's it's kind of like the Green Lantern as he appeared in the guest star in Superman the Animated Series in that, like, one episode. It's like that kind of version of him. And, yeah, it was just some cool idea to see. This is before, like, nowadays it feels like everybody has their own animated show. But back then it was still really special that we were getting these animated shows and they were only on Saturday mornings yep. and you didn't have full networks that were just cartoons all day long. Ah, get off my lawn <laughs> so many years ago. So uh, it was really kind of special to kind of imagine what these could be like if everybody had their own show. It's, I mean, it's so cool. I still wish there was that animated series oh my gosh. around the time of the creation of these, but you know. It was great, by the way, just as a little plug. It only lasted one season, but I loved that Green Lantern show that was just out a few years ago, the, the 3D one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I cried. The writing the was great. Yes. It was cool to see Red Lanterns. I, I and... won't spoil the ending, but I did shed many a tear at the end of that season. There also is a flashback, I think, or not a flashback, some sort of like back in time, like uh, steampunk Green Lantern. Yes, when they go to the steampunk world. Yeah, oh, that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. Yes. Yeah. I kind of picked it, I, I was like watching them, you know, out of order. Uh, oh yeah, but they do. But it's a nice serialized story if you watch it in order. Yeah, so go back and do that. Okay, uh, I gotta go now. Uh, I gotta, <laughs> gotta go, go watch, watch that, that immediately. I'll read some comics. Great, cool. Go. Yeah, we are. You don't leave this room at all. <laughs> uh, so you you loved animation. How did you get yeah. started working here? When did you? I have been. Oh gosh, I've been here for sixteen years. It's been forever. So in you this were room, in New in York. This room <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in this room, and that's why they were like, "Well, they Kevin's built it here already." Me, so there you go. No, I actually, yeah, I started in the New York office 16 years ago, and it was one of those things where I had moved to New York a few years before that, mostly because I knew that's where the big comic book companies were, too. And I thought, if you know, you're going to do something interesting with your life, have a job that's like quirky and different or something that you love. Mm -hmm. And I loved comic books from, you know, when I was 10 years old, and I loved the animation and all this other great superhero stuff going on. So, um, I thought, oh, this is interesting. I didn't want to be an artist. I didn't want to be a writer of comic books, but I liked the comic book world. And there was a job that opened up that I didn't understand what it was. It was in the licensing department. And I was like, I, I don't know what that is. I went in and I heard about the job, and it was basically all the product and toys and everything that involved hmm. these characters. And I thought, I grew up in the Lucas generation of Star Wars. I know about licensing. It's like, you know, those characters appeared on everything in my childhood. Oh, yeah. So I was like, this would be fun. So I kind of got involved being a conduit to the partners that were making product, like Hasbro. I got to actually work with um, some of the team there when they were still doing the Batman the Animated Figures. Oh, that's cool. Especially, like, working on the Hasbro Direct line they had where they would box together four or five characters and put them to Toys R Us or different you know exclusive partners and i think that's how you got some of the more obscure characters out there like there was talia a, the ventriloquist i remember very clearly they would be like four repaint you'd figures. buy like crappy repaints and one to new get. one and they yes. would say this guy's new and it was the alfred deal. with serving tray you know it what? that's a big selling point <laughs> that's one of my favorite things i've ever seen on a product was that it was like in a like comic book styled burst yes and it says with serving tray they had their burst yes it was always that same kind of burst and that was the their, their way they called it out. Uh, to this yeah. day, Harry Chaskin and I will still <laughs> say with serving tray to each other. <laughs> so if you ever have an Alfred... We will make sure to put a burst that says with serving tray. Please. We'll have to come with the serving tray too. We can't lie about it. No, that. of course. I mean, that is honestly a prop that he has almost every time you see him in the Batcave. Speaking of Christmas with the Joker, he makes an appearance at the end with a serving tray. Oh, there you he go. serves them some drinks after they're done watching It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, which I thought was interesting that they actually used It's a Wonderful Life. Was it because they had access to... But they don't show any of it. I guess they didn't want to... They just mention Yeah, they don't want to animate it, but they mention it numerous times and they're watching the final like moments of it. And I think the Warner Brothers logo comes up at the end, so they probably felt like... They kind of covered off on it, but I was I was hoping for some animated It's a Wonderful Life. Well, let's talk about Christmas with the Joker. Oh my gosh, please. So, why do you like this episode? It's bananas. It truly is. It is a bananas episode, and I'll tell you some things I love about it, because I was re-watching it again recently when we were making the figure, you know... Uh, there's so much, so many things as an adult watching it that you really appreciate. And one of the things is the use of sound and music. This episode is really... I'd forgotten how well Batman the Animated Series does this. And it's, it is scored beautifully, you know, throughout. You have all this great music. And it's, I think, the train sequence is the trains going to, like, go off the bridge. And you have the great theme music from the opening credits kind of playing as the Batmobile's racing aside of it 
to it. And they jump off and they kind of save the train, but like part of it's still going to fall off, but they save all the people. And there's this great moment of like, it cuts out, the music cuts out right as the train's going off and there's silence until the explosion. And I just thought like, that's such an adult thing to do for a kid's cartoon, which mm-hmm. proves again how all ages and awesome this cartoon was. Um, but I noticed it then picked up in different ways of how they use silence and how they use the score. And it's done a couple times throughout the episode beautifully. It really is. I mean, they even the, the way they underscore that whole giant nutcracker, sweet kind of, yes. those, those big marching men. I love those things. Anything in LAFCO, that entire LAFCO sequence is like amazing. And it has one of my favorite horrible lines. <laughs> and there aren't bad lines across the board <laughs> in the series, but Robin's saying, they don't call him Batman for nothing, and he's swinging. I love, I love how punny it is. It's so punny with this bat. I love that. And it's like, you know, before I feel like it's before the series kind of fully found its footing. This was the second episode. Yeah, I think it's the second episode, so that makes it the first Joker episode. Yep. Um, but yet they also feel like they all know each other so much already. Even, even like they're still finding their footing as a show. But like the characters are already so like entwined. Yeah, it's, they're like really you know who Batman is. You mm-hmm. know who Robin is. There's been a history. Yeah, yeah they like they're, they're jump assuming on that. It's uh, really interesting. It's campy. I, I love how campy it is. And can we talk about? Like the dad bod that Joker automatically has just being in that outfit. It's suddenly he's like, like super thin normally, right? But yeah. he's wearing this like sweater outfit and he has like a stomach. He definitely does. I don't get that. It was so weird. I, I love that. the I love describing Joker with dad bod too. It is Joker dad bod, definitely. I mean uh, our figure doesn't quite go that far with it, but it's yeah, he's got too. you know, he's, he's got, got a little, little bit, bit of like a bit. puffy sweater, maybe. Puffy sweater, maybe. Yeah, I mean that whole hosting hosting the show, the show within a show is mm-hmm. so fun. Well, what I remembered about this, too, is and because sometimes people have this problem with the Riddler versus the Joker. And I think this episode really made it very clear the Joker side, the joke part of Joker, as opposed to somebody who's pondering riddles and maybe a little bit more intellectual. Because they just hammer you in this episode with, like, pun and joke oh, yeah. and, you know, ridiculousness throughout. And I thought that was really smart, that if you're going to, like, have the Joker show up in his first episode, like really hit that hard oh yeah i mean he's playing a mock tv host <laughs> yeah, ridiculous with bad jokes and you know the laugh track audience and the cardboard you know, audience that he's like the cut cardboard out audience. i love that which is like all the little style guide images of all the characters it's yep. awesome it's amazing yeah. and but, okay can we just talk about the opening what what kind of place, whether it's an insane asylum or a police station, allows their like inmates to, one, decorate the tree without any supervision? Yeah. And just, I, there's so much of that opening thing with the entire rocket. They like work, obviously, in an outside area that has a giant skylight. Like So much of this thing seems like, inappropriate. And happy sociopaths, just chippers, cheerfully Chipper singing. doing this. Nobody else is trying to do anything. It's just the no, Joker. No. And then they dance around the tree like while he shoots off. And he, yeah, he rides a Christmas tree rocket outside of Arkham And they're all Asylum. like, oh, well, another one got out. I wonder how they escape. I wonder why they escape. Uh, and there's also a giant get Santa. The, how did they get the parts in there for the rocket tree? That's what I want to know. I don't know. <laughs> Questions I, I have about this well, episode. Well, it started, it felt like this episode was like earlier when it was like a little bit broader. Uh, there were, you know, like, <laughs> it was definitely broader. <laughs> well, and Batman's kind of miserable at the beginning. I think they're playing up that holiday thing a oh, little yeah. bit. Like he's miserable at Christmas time. He's a Scrooge. But, you know, they, they play up the whole idea of him like without family. Because there is definitely a family message kind mm-hmm. of here. Um, and so there's something really sweet about his smile at the very end. I think it's Bruce Wayne, though, too. It's not even him as Batman. But he does smile at the end, finally, for the first time in the episode. And it's a nice little holiday, warm kind of greeting thing, yeah. which is nice. I watch it every year. I love it it's so a good, much. It's a good Christmas. Like Everything about it is a really nice Christmas episode. I mean, you get the Jingle Bells Batman smells as sung yes. by the Joker. Like, perfect. That's right? great for children and for adults. <laughs> yes, it is. It has everything. I used to rewatch this episode over. They had there were like Batman VHSs that had like two episodes per yeah, VHS, yeah. Mm-hmm. and this was one of them. And so I watched it a lot. Yeah, uh, and it's it's like not you know a dark Joker episode. It's just fun, pure fun. Yeah, because even when he's doing horrible things, like when he when he is like Laffy the the little puppet, and he's saying. What you know, Laffy? What what do you like about this Gotham City thing? He's like, I like to blow up bridges. 
It's that's horrifying. Yes, but yet somehow in the topic of like how it's all presented, it doesn't seem that bad. No, not until Summer Gleason shouts. My mom is on on that train. Can we talk about her mom taking an eleven thirty at night train? Where is she coming from and where is she going? Summer, I just wanted to take the night train. Uh, Just wanted to see what I could see. Just just telling you. Just wanted to like let you know about Uh, the eleven thirty train. Anyway, see you soon. Hope the bridge doesn't blow up. (laughs) Love, mom. Okay, and the other thing that children are not learning is the correct way to gag a person, because I don't think a candy cane is going to do it. No, especially because they could just spit out the candy cane. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) I used to argue with my sister, who's a couple years younger than me, and, you know, she watched all of it with me. She was like, why aren't they spitting out the candy canes? And as, like, a true argumentative nerd at the time, and an older brother, you have to be right. I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. It makes total sense. (laughs) Uh, you know, like you probably put it in there and they, they knew, like it's tied and you can't see it. And it's like, no, it's just... He clearly takes them out one at a time and yeah. puts them back in. It's cartoon logic. Yes. I think they're just scared of him. That's or the the candy canes taste really good. That's true. Uh, they, That's they're just like, saying. man, this is great. Maybe we should just pretend we... We don't like it and like stay <laughs> They're actually here. not really trapped there at all. I think it's just an elaborate thing for the candy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon doesn't know where else to get candy in Gotham. Mm, that's it. It's, it's holiday. Pretty horrible, horrible city. So <laughs> they've run out of candy for sure. That could be. What I, you know, what I also like about this episode is the detective nature of Batman. Because speaking of like where to go in the city to get something that reminded yeah. me that he uses a couple times having to triangulate all this information to find where Joker is. And that's what also was so smart about this series is it really played up, you know, immediately the detective nature of Batman. Yeah. Not just going and punching and finding somebody. It was like he has to try a couple different things to find out where Joker ended up. Yeah, they put everything in there. They're like, great, we need to establish who he is for new viewers. Mm-hmm. He is a detective. He's kind of dour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Robin is cheeky. Yeah. And the Joker is funny, but also scary. And it was like, great, that's a lot to take care of Andy in a holiday check, episode. Check, check, Got it all done somehow. That's what. That's good writing. Yeah. I mean, this one was actually written, I think, by Eddie Gorodetsky, okay. who is, I guess, an like a comedian and also like this is his only credited episode. But I think he like co-created the show Mom that's on right. Like he's oh, like yeah, a big okay. like sitcom guy mm-hmm. uh, and comedy guy. And this was just. <laughs> A writing gig, I guess. There you go. Maybe friends with Deanie. I feel like Deanie knows everybody. He does. He is connected. But uh, what I love about this episode in particular is just that it is... It feels like an old serialized radio drama come to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music, especially, I mean, like a lot of the episodes, especially the earlier ones, feel like that. But, yep. you know, the stakes feel very pulpy. Uh, and, I, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing I also got to remember. Just... When you see the design of the buildings, the Batmobile, even the train, and it has that cool retro feel to it all, yeah, and the moodiness of it, uh, just there is something really great about this, and it does feel like a bit of a throwback to those radio dramas, which I really loved, especially well, Batman being a serial type kind of character. I know he just—it's perfect. I want more radio Batman. From oh my now god, on. yeah, and the voice overacting—I mean, like that's why it's so great to yeah. hear this again. And there's some really—it's interesting because this is like early Joker so it's not quite where Joker is like saying now because you know it's been 25 years of the Joker you know doing his crazy laugh and there's such nuanced laughing that happens in this episode there's a lot of laughter like you go back (laughs) and it's like different types of laughter like how much different laughter the Joker is doing in here it's kind of amazing oh yeah Mark Hamill's like the best Joker always will be for me. It's well because <laughs> it's so diverse and and layered. He and communicates thoughtful. a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this: while we shift into yes, no, maybe. Uh oh. Uh, so I'm going to propose an action figure that DC Collectibles could create that is not out yet, uh, and you you can let me know yes, no. Maybe. All right? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe. Great. (laughs) Uh, All right. Harvey Bullock in his baby bonnet costume from Christmas with the Joker. I'm going to put that one under a new category of I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. There's a new category for sure. There's a new category of I hope. I'm glad that wasn't an immediate no. (laughs) 
Uh, but it would probably have to be a trio set of Gordon, Gleason, and uh, Bullock all Yeah, you together. got your Christmas set next year. Yeah, and they could maybe also be ornaments, where as they're balled up and that, you could hang them on the tree. See, there's be... lots of uses here. Lots of opportunities lots for merchandise. Of uh, okay, Summer Gleason. Just a regular Summer Gleason. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Uh, a Batgirl from the uh, Batman the Animated Series. Well, since we just revealed it, I know I kind of said that, one that was up. a good one, so I can say yeah. yes. But I, I did just notice that. It I was like, oh, this is out. cool. It just showed up. Yes, that's how that's how current we are. That was just days ago. So I love that. Uh, I love that design. Yeah, I think it's a great design, and now you can have your complete set of like the Bat Family from the early episodes. It's which perfect. Is awesome. Put her with Gordon. All right. <laughs> he won't know what's going on. Never does. Too busy sucking on candy canes. <laughs> Two-Face uh, from Batman the Animated Series. Maybe. I'll pitch you the same thing I pitched Jim when he did the podcast, which is replaceable head with like uh, bandages all Ooh. over. Like, you know, that... Uh... So that's fancy. So one of the things you're probably going to see from us a little bit more going forward, I'll tell you this, is more storytelling stuff. We're already doing like accessories that kind of help with the storytelling, but I think you're going to see even more of mm. things like what you say, where like interesting versions of the characters. I mean, it, it kind of starts with, in, in a couple months, our Batman Expressions pack, which is a Batman figure with all the different head expressions. I love the gasping yeah. one. That's what, what oh, I call the Harvey so No head. Yes. Harvey No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, uh, but there is going to be more of that kind of stuff coming, I think, which will be really cool. That's very cool. Yeah, and you kind of played with that, too, with that Harley Quinn, the new Batman Adventures one. She has a replaceable head. Yes, with the crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah. well, she Mm -hmm. looks... I think that makes her another character. Mm -hmm. I think there's, like, Joker's Millions. Yep, that's exactly right. So she is replacement Harley, Mm -hmm. uh, who he hires, who's just, like, this, like, ditzy, like, oh, hey! (laughs) I love that design, and I'm so glad... Like, the the attention to detail is great. Uh, Okay, okay. What about... Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern from Superman the Animated Series. You guys are doing Superman and Lois Lane. I'm going to say no, meaning not right now. Cool. Okay. But I do love that. I, obviously, I love that version. Yeah, I'm trying to lean into what you love. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So now you're just teasing me. A police blimp <gasps> as a vehicle. I hope. I think that would be incredible. I think it would be incredible, and especially if we did the helium ones where you could actually then remote control and control it. Around. Oh, that, that would be, be awesome. so cool. I think a lot of, I feel like there would be people... shaped like a shark or a fish. <laughs> <laughs> there, it didn't appear like that in the episode. It didn't appear like but... that show, but we think it's better. We're, we're making it better. Okay. An exhausted Francine Langstrom. <laughs> also pitch this to Jim to get you? your answer. I'm going to go with. Not as the she-bat or the no, man. No, no, no. Just, just as herself. Just, just as herself. She's really exhausted it's, with it's, it's a lot. her it's husband a lot who mutates every now and then. Um, maybe. <laughs> Nothing's off the table. Well, Kyle Rayner is a no well, right now, but you know, she's a maybe. Maybe if we reintroduce like another man-bat <laughs> gift pack and it's Great. like the whole man-bat family, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we will get the man-bat family and then like Harvey and, uh, you know, Gordon and Summer Gleason and Christmas yeah. wear. Yeah, you know. The holidays. Uh, The Grey Ghost. Hmm. Interesting. Because really, the last time he showed up, I think the only time he showed up previously was a Mattel Christmas version or something they did a few years back where it was like, you know... It was an internal, I think, holiday gift and like fans were like, come on! And then they think they released some amount or something to people. Oh, maybe it's like a three-pack or something. something, Somehow they got it out there afterwards. And I think that's the only version of The Grey Ghost... To date. It is. So um, that would be appealing, I'll just say. Okay. Maybe. Well, you know, maybe a Comic Con exclusive or mm, something. Maybe, maybe you know, that know. I don't okay. know. Okay. Things to be done. Uh, the Justice League. I hope. Okay. Okay. If you, Yeah, so we know we're getting some other DC characters. Uh, so I, what about, what about. The Joker, as he appeared in Justice League. Ooh, tricky. Because it's only a slightly different look than his his new Batman animated appearance. How about Return of the Joker? Ooh, that's even better. Okay, that one I'll say is, and again, I'm adding categories, (laughs) probably likely, but not scheduled. Mm, Yeah, because you guys, if... 
people aren't actively collecting these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Bruce Wayne, old Bruce Wayne, Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond, as well as Ace the Bat Hound. Right? Yes, coming out in probably the next month and a half or so. Oh, we're going to see a, those What guys. a dream pack. <laughs> oh my God, it's awesome. And the Ace has like some articulation too, so his arms and legs move. You guys have a lot of animals in this pack already. I think they're going to be we, two yes. cats at least. Yes, definitely. I think we have a bunch of cats now and cat a dog. Cat Isis. You have a yes. Tickle? Yes, you're uh, right. There you go. The witch boys. Mm-hmm. We do. We're, we're two doing hyenas on the new Batman Adventures right. Joker. Both hyenas are there. Yeah, we have a whole Super Pets lineup. Who knew? Yeah, well, you know, just just saying. I know. What about Mr. Mixix Pitlick? Did Ooh. I pronounce that correctly? I had to learn it because I used to say it like Super Friends, which was for the dummies where it was a little simplified. It was just Mixoplick. That's what I said when I was a but, kid, I think because of Super Friends. talking to Mr. Mike Carlin, who would know better, who was a Superman editor for years, mm-hmm. um, and is the man who killed Superman, so he knows his stuff, <laughs> ta- taught me that it's Miggs' Bitalik. Yeah, I think they pronounce it in the first episode, in that Superman, the animated series episode, there's a beat where mm-hmm. he can't pronounce it, and he's like, Miggs, yes, Migs, whatever, Bitalik, he spells yeah. it out for you phonetically. Yeah. And that's that's the more correct pronunciation. So the original one from Super Friends was just the dumbed down one. Uh, you think we'll get him? Maybe. That's that's a pack in, right? Maybe. <laughs> okay. 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 Oh man. I, I so. What about Bruce Wayne? Just as Bruce Wayne in any capacity. I would say that's probably more likely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Renee Montoya. Oh, like who doesn't love her? I was so sad in the Christmas with the Joker when she her cardboard cutout gets blown up. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's only there in that. Like she, you don't we see her Montoya. anywhere else. She's just there sitting in the audience. Well, let me just put it this way. It's sad for Harvey to be alone. Interesting. Okay. We will leave it at that. That sounds like a clue. It's a clue. It's a clue. Uh, Nora Freeze uh, in... In like that tube, that stasis tube, um, with a huge iceberg around made, her. Made out of ice so that she melts five minutes after yeah, yeah, you get it? Yeah, yeah, We want it to be a truly yeah. sad experience. And then you basically just have a test tube of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so a test tube of water? A test tube of water? Possibly. <laughs> okay, I great. Yeah, we'll see. I like that idea, though. Yeah, like I'd love to see like a kneeling, sad Mr. Freeze. <laughs> uh, such an iconic image. Well, yeah, and it's definitely uh, a character, you know, we would love to get out there more we had and he was in the first wave um but we haven't reissued him or that two-face yet so um he's a character that deserves more love oh yeah speaking of which that original design of mr freeze mm-hmm. i mean okay 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 mm-hmm. uh what about what about batmite he appears briefly in oh, one episode you know Maybe. Okay. I guess say, but there's a hard part of it because during, was it Batman Brave and the Bold where he ends the whole series and Paul Rubens does an amazing job as, as, yeah. as his voice that it's it's so tied to that series for me. I forget, oh, yeah. They I actually about did a Batman episode. Yeah. yeah. It was so amazing in that. He this was, so was a robot <laughs> yeah. toy. Uh, hey, speaking of robots, what about Robot Batman? Like, uh, you know, Maybe Cyborg? Maybe the hard, was it hardcore or Hardack? Uh, Hardack. Um, it was talked about. I'll just tell you that. Oh man, yeah, yeah. just a ripped chest and mm-hmm. like a who doesn't like a good Terminator face yeah. on anything? Uh, okay, the Clock King. I'm gonna go with no. Oh damn! I'm gonna go with no for now. Okay, everything as I'll campaign no, heavily for the Clock King. Anything that's no is a no for now. That doesn't mean forever. Cool. Uh, well, are there any are there any characters? I I think that was a good yes no maybe. There was a, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff there. Uh, yeah, and I think you're gonna hear more in probably the next month of some a grouping mm-hmm. that might be interesting okay. to some fans. So Keep be on the lookout for about, in about a month's time. That's exciting. Uh, let's be honest. I'm I'm here. I. I'm... I, I, I've seen some things. You have seen some things. Get excited. Uh, it's everything you want and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that wasn't, that you had to cut from certain figures that were, you know, like accessories you loved and, you know, it's just sometimes it's pricing things out or. Yeah, it was really che- uh, 
it was tricky on some of the early figures, and we're probably going to go back at some point and relook at like the stands that they have right now because we wanted to do really elaborate bases for for the characters. Um, mm-hmm. But it's you know it's expensive money, and we want to make sure that the figures are as cost effective as possible. And we're a small group, so you know we don't make the same amount of number. They're not like mass produced to the same degree that a major toy company would do. So we're always trying to find ways to be cost effective, and we we kind of did a more simplified stand. But you'll see in the Batman Expressions pack a, a more elaborate base for oh, the character, cool. which is fun. So he can be jumping and doing some more stuff that's a little more exciting. And so we'll try and see how often we can get that going forward. But one of the things I kind of already mentioned was the holiday with the Joker. We talked about doing that giant jack-in-the-box kind of oh, present, yeah. which would have been really cool. And we thought, oh, okay, maybe not that much. Um, we talked about doing more... Um, appendages for Clayface, <laughs> which would have been fun. Um, but, you know, again, it was getting a little crazy. I'm trying to think who else. I feel like we did have to cut a couple others. Um, there might have been something with the demon and Clarion we had to get rid of. And I think we were going to do something more with, was it Raja Ghoul too? I think there was a couple pieces that had to go in some of those. Oh, yeah. Do you think we'll get another... Of him and his, you know, other well, outfit. That's the thing. He had some great looks there, and, and both he and Talia had two, I think, two different looks. Yeah. So, well, I feel yeah. like the cool thing is that when you re-released figures in different packs and, you know, iterations, there have mm-hmm. been some accessory switch-ups, so yep. that's an opportunity to put things in there. Yeah, and we're, like, trying to give more storytelling moments for everybody when we do, like, bring somebody back. Cool. Yeah. So we'll see. Well... Thank you so much for doing the show. I love it. Uh, I'm very honored. Thank you. Oh, man. It's the best. (laughs) It's the best (laughs) to have you on this. Uh, Where, I guess, will people be able to see you at like a convention or something coming up? Well, you'll definitely hear from us at New York Toy Fair in February, where we'll be announcing a whole bunch of new stuff. And then a bunch of the team will be down at San Diego Comic-Con in July. Uh, but you can check out our Facebook page for DC Collectibles, where if you really want to see my beautiful face, you can see me almost on a weekly basis where we do a whole little video of what's coming out in stores next week. I feel like you're almost toy famous because you were the first person picture of holding that bat wing, so you're in like... Okay, the perfect thing about that is some uh, retailer decided to use that uh, to promote the item, and I've they photoshopped it. me out. What? <laughs> so there's this... There's a silhouette that you see the bat wing, but there's like a silhouette of a body, and that's me. That's amazing. So I don't know if that counts as toy famous. Oh, I think that's toy famous for sure. I've seen websites where like they, you know, art direct, you know, it's like, hey, it looks like the back of a box, and there's all the figures, and the picture of the, you know, the bat wing is you holding it in that Batman emblem like blazer. I love it. Uh, well, thanks so much for doing it, Kevin. Thank you. All right, that's our show. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the show on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BTAS Podcast and me at Hey Justin. Subscribe on iTunes. Usually the shows come out every other Tuesday. I've been slacking a little bit because I've been busy with other work. But guys, we got some really good guests coming up in the new year, and you're not going to want to miss out. You can also listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Donate to the show and get cool rewards at patreon.com slash Podcast. And if you're some of the people who donated enough money that you are going to be a special guest on the show, guess what? Microphone's fixed. We're ready to go. So get ready to be contacted. Batman the Animated Podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Justin Michael. Tom Smith created the show logo, and Casey Trela helped produce the theme song. Harry Chaskin is the booming voice of the podcast. Thank you so much to my guests, Kevin Canary and Jace Armstrong, a.k.a. Kevin Conroy Bot. It's been a while. Special thanks to This American Life producer, Tori Malatia, who finally realized the emblem on Batman's chest is shaped like a bat and exclaimed, Don't call you Batman for nothing. Glad you finally caught on, you lovable lug. Happy holidays, new year, and everything in between, guys. New episodes will be coming your way soon. Bye-bye.